Good evening, everyone. Tonight's message is called Comforted and Established. Turn, if you would, to 1 Thessalonians chapter 3 tonight, and we will read verses 1 to 5 for tonight's study. Our main verses, though, will be verses 1 and 2 tonight. Verse 1 of chapter 3. Wherefore, when we could no longer forbear, we thought it good to be left at Athens alone, and sent Timothy, our brother and minister of God, and our fellow laborer in the gospel of Christ, to establish you, and to comfort you concerning your faith, that no man should be moved by these afflictions, for yourselves know that we are appointed thereunto. For verily, when we were with you, we told you before that we should suffer tribulation, even as it came to pass, and you know. For this cause, when I could no longer forbear, I sent to know your faith, lest by some means the tempter have tempted you, and our labor be in vain." Now tonight we we'll continue our study in the book of First Thessalonians, and again we'll be in chapter three. And in chapter two, we looked at how Paul had been compelled to leave Thessalonica because of the hateful opposition of the Jews. Now they still wanted to kill him, and it would be dangerous for him to visit Thessalonica again. But he had a desire, a deep desire, to go and see the Thessalonian believers. But Satan hindered him many times by rousing up the Jews who wanted him dead. Our Sovereign Lord had sent His chosen instruments to Thessalonica to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ and Him crucified. And those born-again saints in that area were delivered from the power of darkness because the gospel came to them not in word only, but also in power and in the Holy Ghost and in much assurance, all because our Sovereign Lord granted them repentance unto life. And Holy Spirit turned them from their false imaginary gods and gave them true saving faith to turn to the true and living God, the Lord Jesus Christ. And they suffered persecution, beloved. They suffered persecution from their countrymen and members of their own family because they made a stand for the truth. And that truth gives all glory to our great triune God. It gives glory to the Father, it gives glory to the Son, and it gives glory to the Holy Spirit of God. But even after God's ministers had to flee Thessalonica, because of the persecution from those Christ-hating unbelievers, the born-again children of God at Thessalonica continued in the faith, meeting together in true Christian fellowship and waiting for the return of the Lord Jesus Christ, who had delivered them from the wrath to come. Turn, if you would, to chapter 2, and we'll look at a couple of verses here. We will see that Paul had a deep love for the saints at Thessalonica, which is brought forth in verses 8, 17, and 19 to 20. Look at verse 8. So being affectionately desirous of you, we were willing to have imparted unto you not the gospel of God only, but also our own souls, because ye were dear unto us. In verse 17, But we, brethren, being taken from you for a short time in presence, not in heart, endeavored the more abundantly to see your face with great desire. And in verse 19 and 20, For what is our hope or joy or crown of rejoicing? Are not even ye in the presence of our Lord Jesus Christ at his coming? For ye are our glory and joy. So tonight we're seeing chapter 3 that while it was still dangerous for Paul to go to Thessalonica, that Timothy was sent. Now the fury of the Jews were set upon he who they looked at as the ringleader. And that was the Apostle Paul in the eyes of the unbelieving Jews. And we see that Paul sent Timothy to establish them so that their afflictions did not give room for Satan to try to disband the group. And if this happened, then he he knew that all that hard work in planting a church would be in vain. Therefore, Paul, Silas, and Timothy 
being concerned for the infant church at Thessalonica. Remember, it was a young church. Therefore, Paul sends a trusted messenger. He sends Timothy, a man of sound judgment, doctrine, and prudence. He's selected for this difficult and important mission. And this all happened, remember, according to the will and the providence of God. Paul, moved by God the Holy Spirit, wrote this epistle that we're studying after Timothy had bought him the good report concerning the love the saints in Thessalonica had for the gospel and for his people. They were manifesting the love of God. They were manifesting their love of the Lord Jesus Christ, their love for his gospel. And they were manifesting their love for each other. So we'll see tonight that Timothy sent back to the Thessalonians to establish them, grounding them in Christ, and to comfort them concerning their faith. How? With the preaching of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, who was the object of their faith. We see in verse 1, Paul, Silas, and Timothy had heavy hearts for the believers in Thessalonica. As we looked at in chapter 2, they longed to see them in the flesh, but Satan hindered them. Now we see in verse 1, that longing is brought out in, in more words. He says in verse 1 of chapter 3, Wherefore, when we could no longer forbear, we thought it good to be left at Athens. Now, see this word, forbear, in verse 1? Vine's Greek expository dictionary brings out this. He has longing for some personal communication with them, and it has become intolerable. That's what forbear means there. Has your longing to see someone ever been like that? Where you just have to go and see them because it's become intolerable being away from them or not being in contact with them? We see Paul thought it better to be without Timothy's presence at Athens, which was a great blessing to him. He thought it better to be without Timothy's presence at Athens and to send Timothy to be with them. Now, Timothy was no doubt a great comfort to Paul and Silas. His brothers and sisters in Christ often are one to another. And he sends Timothy from Athens to Thessalonica. Now we see in verse 2 the reason that Paul sent Timothy to the saints at Thessalonica. Let's read verse 2. First Thessalonians chapter 3 verse 2. And sent Timothy our brother and minister of God and our fellow laborer in the gospel of Christ to establish you and to comfort you concerning your faith. Now Timothy was a young preacher. And he was a true minister of God. He was one who had been entrusted with the true gospel of God's sovereign grace. And we see in this verse that the Apostle Paul referred to him as a fellow laborer in the gospel of Christ. God's preachers, those who have been sent by God to pastor his blood-bought children, can say the same thing about certain brothers in our assembly who minister to the brethren in our fellowship. We highly esteem them in the ministry and thank God that he has sent fellow laborers in the gospel of Christ. And it is the sincere desire of all of God's pastors who minister to the saints to establish them in the faith, to comfort them concerning their faith. And think upon this, also by Paul sending Timothy to the church of the Thessalonians, while he himself stood in much need of the young man's services, we plainly see then how little Paul regarded himself when the welfare of the church was before him. Oh, that we who would believe would be given the same grace and strength to do this also. How do we know? How do we know that Timothy was a great comfort to Paul? How do we know this? Well, let's turn to Philippians chapter 2. And we'll read verses 19 to 24, where Paul speaks of his dear brother in Christ, Timothy. So think of this. Paul didn't just send a mere messenger to the Thessalonians. No, Paul sent his dearly beloved brother, Timothy. Oh, he was like a son to him. He was like a son to him. They served together 
in the gospel. And we'll see that brought forth here. Let's read Philippians chapter 2, verses 19 to 24. But I trust in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy shortly unto you, that I also may be of good comfort when I know your state. For I have no man like-minded who will naturally care for your state. For all seek their own, not the things which are Jesus Christ. Now, there's a good point for us to examine ourselves. In your service for Christ, do you seek your own? Do you seek your own? Your own things? Your own status? Your own standing? Or do you do you seek the things which are Jesus Christ? The gospel going forth. The gospel going forth in power by the Holy Spirit of God. Look what it says here. But we know the proof of him that as a son with the father, he has served with me in the gospel. So they were very, very close. Him, therefore, I hope to send presently, so soon as I shall see how it will go with me. But I trust in the Lord that I also myself shall come shortly. So again, Paul doesn't just send anybody. He doesn't just send a messenger to the Thessalonian believers. No, look at our text again. He sends Timothy, who is a brother in Christ, to Silas and Paul. And not just a brother in Christ, but a very, very close brother in Christ, a dear brother in Christ. And he also brings forth that Timothy is sent by God as he's a minister of God and he is a fellow laborer in the gospel of Christ. Look at verse 2 again. And sent Timothy, our brother, in minister of God and our fellow laborer in the gospel to establish you and to comfort you concerning your faith. So we see very clearly here that Paul sends Timothy and it's by the will of God. And Timothy is a minister of God. He's a sent gospel preacher. And he's a fellow laborer, Paul, in the gospel of Christ. And he's sent to the Thessalonian believers to establish you, it says, and to comfort you concerning your faith. Now, established in the Greek there means to make stable, to place firmly, to set fast, to fix, to strengthen, to make firm, to render constant, to confirm one's mind. And then comfort in the Greek there means to call to one side, call for summon, to address, speak to, which may be done in a way of exhortation, appeal, comfort, and instruction. Turn, if you would, to Romans chapter 1, where we see that Paul makes a very similar statement over in the book of Romans. And now that we know what those definitions are, look at this over here in Romans chapter 1, verses 11 and 12. Paul writes this to the believers at Rome. He says, For I long to see you, that I may impart unto you some spiritual gift to the end you may be established. That is, that I may be comforted together with you by the mutual faith, both of you and me. So Timothy was sent to the believers in Christ at Thessalonica to establish them and comfort them concerning their faith. Let this truth be sounded out loud and clear. Absolutely no one is established in the faith or comforted in their faith without the preaching of the true gospel of God's amazing grace bestowed upon those who were redeemed by the precious blood of the Lord Jesus Christ on Calvary's cross. Timothy was very, very dear to Paul. That young preacher was very vital to him. He was an important instrument who had been very valuable and very helpful to those faithful ministers of the Lord's gospel. And Paul, again, sends him by the will and purpose of God to preach the gospel to the Thessalonian believers, whereby they would be comforted and established in the faith of the Lord Jesus Christ. The gospel empowered by the Holy Spirit of God comforts the afflicted minds and distressed consciences of God's people. 
It is the will of God that his people should be spoken to comfortly. And the doctrines of the grace of God in Christ spoken of in the gospel of God's free and sovereign grace, they do just that, don't they? They comfort God's people. John Gale brings this forth about this verse. These saints might be in some doubt about the grace of faith, whether it was right or not, or about the doctrine of faith they had received, and therefore Timothy is sent to comfort them under their afflictions, which might have created these doubts, and to remove them by showing them that their faith was like precious faith with the apostles, and that the doctrine of faith they embraced was the faith once delivered to the saints, and was the true faith of Christ. So let us think about this. Paul is seeking to comfort the saints at Thessalonica during their trials, tribulations, and afflictions that they are going through. How do, how do people who find themselves in tribulation and trials react today? Well, religion automatically calls for counselors and crisis managers to quell or avoid the impending turmoil. The world does the same thing, doesn't it? But we see that Paul in this situation, he employs the only thing that he knows will be of help to the brethren at Thessalonica. Established love and the preaching of the gospel. The love that Paul, Silas, and Timothy had for the saints at Thessalonica and their desire to know how they were doing moved them to send Timothy, their fellow laborer, to Thessalonica, even though it would be a great sacrifice on the part of Paul and Silas. They thought it good to be left at Athens without Timothy knowing he would be a very effective tool in the hands of God Almighty to establish those saints and to comfort them concerning their faith through the preaching of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, this is no small journey. I looked this up, and Thessalonica is at the northern part of Greece and to the west. Athens is near the bottom of Greece at the lower end of the Aegean Sea. And this is a five-hour drive by car today. It's 501 kilometers, which is 311 miles. So we see that this is no small trip that they're sending Timothy on. Whether he travels by land or whether he travels by sea, it's going to be a long trip. And they send him back to Thessalonica to establish and comfort the saints there by the preaching of the gospel. So Paul's love for the Thessalonian saints here is expressed in a very special way. As they are all together, Paul, Silas, and Timothy are all together in Athens preaching the gospel. And Timothy, again, we saw was Paul's son in the faith, a faithful friend and a fellow laborer in the gospel, very, very dear to Paul. So it was no small thing for Paul to send Timothy away and be without him in Athens. But because he could not bear to be without knowledge of how his brethren were faring in Thessalonica, he sends his dearest friend, his dearest brother to Thessalonica to hear of how they are doing. And Timothy is described as a minister of God, a fellow laborer in the gospel of Christ. And Paul knows that he will learn of their estate through the ministry of the gospel. He knows that Timothy will bring back a faithful report, whether it be good or whether it be bad. Look at verse 2 again. And sent Timothy, our brother and minister of God, and our fellow laborer in the gospel of Christ, to establish you and to comfort you concerning your faith. We see in verse 2 that Paul's reasoning for sending Timothy was to establish and comfort the brethren concerning their faith. And the words, your faith or the faith, is the doctrine of God, the Lord Jesus Christ, God incarnate in the flesh. And now Paul is not questioning their faith in Christ or that their hearts have been established by grace, 
The establishment he dresses here is how that tribulation might have affected their adherence to the truth. Did they waver in the truth under their afflictions that they've been going through? Or have they drawn closer to our great God as a result of the trials and afflictions they have gone through? Now turn, if you would, to 1 Thessalonians chapter 2. And we'll look at a little bit of these trials that they've been through and these afflictions that have come their way, again, by appointment of God. We'll see that next week. Next week, we'll see that these, these afflictions are appointed by God. Look at this in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2 and verses 14 to 16. Paul, by inspiration of the Holy Spirit of God, has brought forth in this book, in chapter 2, what they had been facing, what they had been going through. For ye, brethren, became followers of the churches of God, which in Judea are in Christ Jesus. For ye also have suffered like things of your own countrymen, even as they have of the Jews. So they were suffering under the hands of their own countrymen. They were suffering under the hands of the Greeks, who had both killed the Lord Jesus and their prophets and have persecuted us. And they please not God and are contrary to all men, forbidding us to speak to the Gentiles that they might be saved, to fill up their sins always. For the wrath is come upon them to the uttermost. So we see in those scriptures there that the brethren in Jerusalem, in Judea, had been afflicted by their own countrymen as well. And now the Thessalonian believers, they'd been afflicted by their own countrymen as well. So tribulations come to believers. Trials will come to believers. And tribulations and cares that attend life can sometimes cause men and women of the faith to seek remedies other than the gospel. It's not that they disbelieve, but rather they look away from Christ to their self to figure a way to overcome the trial and the situation that they find themselves currently in. And, and now we who are the people of God, we know this to be true because we've all went through that. We see that Paul sent Timothy to preach the gospel as it's the only thing that will establish a believer in the faith. Now, Paul, when he wrote Timothy in one of his epistles, he wrote this to Timothy, holding fast the faithful word as he hath been taught, that he may be able to, by sound doctrine, both to exhort and to convince the gainslayers. So how is the believer in Christ established in the faith? Sound doctrine is how the believer is established, especially in the midst of a trial or tribulation that we may go through. Listen to these words about sound doctrine in the second epistle, which Paul wrote to Timothy. 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 2 to, 2 to 4. Preach the word. Preach the word. Preach the gospel. Preach the word. Be instant in season, out of season. Reproof, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. But after their own lust shall they heap to themselves teachers, having itching ears. And they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto fables. Look at that. They're not endure sound doctrine. They're not endure the preaching of the gospel. Oh my. And comfort is given in the same manner that, that the believer is established. It's the preaching of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And this is comfort for the born again believer in Christ. Because the gospel gives the believer comfort even though we are afflicted. It comforts a believer in Christ with the assurance that the things that are afflicting us are not unto judgment. Now, it's natural for human beings to look inward when we are troubled. And sometimes we who are believers look to see if there's some sin that has brought this trouble upon us, this trial, this affliction. And we know natural man does that too. They just, they look and they say, well, I'm going to change this. I'm going to stop doing this. I'm going to stop doing that. 
thinking maybe, religious people especially, thinking that it will gain the merit and favor with God in the trial end because they're, they're doing something. But we who are the people of God, we need to hear the gospel. We need the gospel to be brought before us continuously. We need to continually hear the gospel which tells us about Christ and him crucified. When we do this, we will not waste time trying to find out which sin we did that's causing this affliction. Remember, we're sinners from the top of our heads to the bottom of our feet. But we who are the people of God are saved sinners. And we're no more be judged for our sins, beloved. And praise his holy name, that's, that's true. Now next week's message, we'll see how our afflictions are appointed by God. We who are the people of God know that all things work together in our lives, right? For the glory of God and for our good. We know that. It's stated that in Romans, isn't it? So think about that. When we look at how our afflictions are appointed by God. Look at verse 3. That no man should be moved by these afflictions. For yourselves know that we are appointed thereunto. So rejoice you who are the people of God. You who are born again by the Holy Spirit of God. You who are redeemed by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. The gospel declares that your sins have been put away. That you are forgiven. And that Christ has borne the judgment due you by his substitutionary sacrifice. So we can then see that our tribulations, trials, and afflictions, we know they're not comfortable, are they? No, but great comfort can be found in the midst of a trial. If the believer can see that what has come his way is of God in grace and therefore for our good, we should ask the Lord during the midst of a trial and tribulation, Lord, what are you teaching me here? What are you teaching me here, Lord? And always in the midst of trials and tribulations, it drives the believer to the scriptures. It drives the believer to prayer. It drives the believer for a desire to hear the gospel over and over and over again. So the desired effect of being comforted and established by the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, which Paul sent Timothy to do by the preaching of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, the desired effect of that by the grace of God, and always by the grace of God, the believer in Christ is not moved by these afflictions, these trials and troubles, because God keeps us, beloved. These trials and tribulations and troubles come our way, and these things are appointed by God for us. And he has given us a remedy to endure these trials, to endure these tribulations, and it's the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, which will establish and comfort the born-again, blood-washed child of God. To God be the glory. Great things he hath done. Amen and amen.